Good morning. Ricky, go sit down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, welcome to our living room. And welcome to family, right? Every once in a while, we like to do kind of highlight what God is doing at Alpine, and we'll often do that kind of through an interview setting. And so we have some folks from our Reach Food Pantry up here. Um, our food pantry happens every Saturday, every Saturday. Look at the person next to you and say, every Saturday. Good. Yeah, I don't do that very often, but very good. Here's what, here's what I want you to understand, and I've said this to Sue often. This is probably one of the most important things we do as a church. Um, we read in God's word that true religion, if you want to highlight religion at all, real religion is to take care of the poor and the orphan and the widow. And to see what this ministry does for those who can't supply for themselves, it's just been absolutely amazing. And there's been a, a lot of impact. And Sue and her team, these guys do way more than we will ever know they do. And Sue, Sue we just want to say thanks to you and your team, obviously, for all that you do. Um, and so we thought it would be good. Obviously, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas, and there's a big food pantry at Thanksgiving and Christmas that we want people to be involved in, and we always show up well for that. But we also want people to be, know what's going on and, and be involved in more. And sometimes it's good for you to know how what we do impacts other people's lives. And so we have Dee and Bobby with us this morning, and uh, super glad that you guys are here. And here's the question, and I want you guys to answer, and I really appreciated your heart's uh, first service. So if you can answer exactly like that. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If I you, remember. Yeah, right. Dee, would you just tell us how the food pantry has impacted your life and made a difference? Well, first of all, good morning, everybody, and it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. Uh, the food pantry has been a blessing to my husband and I. Uh, when you're just on Social Security, that doesn't go very far. And the food pantry has helped us tremendously. And I bless them all the time because they help so many people. I was at a pantry a couple of weeks ago, and I had people actually come up to me and say, Dee, your pantry is wonderful. God doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care what religion you are. We are open to everyone. Yeah. So please tell your neighbors, tell your friends, and it's always a hug. The shoppers there every week and every week things do change sometimes we have toilet paper sometimes we have kleenex it doesn't matter but please thank god for such a wonderful service and sue thank you for doing this for everybody thank you Dee, can you also you you don't just come and receive but you've actually I volunteer. given you volunteer can you just tell us why you do that like what led you to do that you know, we get paid millions, of course, as you know, to volunteer. <laughs> That's good. The volunteers do this from their heart because it's giving back to other people. And you have people that have four or five children, and you say, thank you, God, that I was be able to give them meat, vegetables, fruit. And this is such a warm feeling that we get from giving to other people. And... There's nothing like it. It's like giving to our children, and you don't ask anything back in return. So God bless the food pantry. Awesome. Thank you, Dee. Bobby. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Bobby and I have this unique relationship. We razz each other probably more than, than anything. But I love this guy, and you guys have been around for five or six years. Can you tell us how the, the food pantry has had an impact on your family? Uh, we moved up here about five years ago, and we were in need, and someone told us about the food pantry. So we came up here. Um, just to get some help, 
And then over time, we started volunteering and helping with the food pantry every week. And it's been such a blessing to see other people and help other people every week. So the, the food pantry is more than just giving people food. It's a community. And last year, you had a tragedy strike at Christmas time. Can you tell us about that and how the food pantry kind of came around you guys? Um, yeah. Um, it was Friday, and uh, we were at the food pantry, and we got a phone call that our house was on fire. Um, so we drove home, lost everything, um, every decoration, everything. So this I was called, at Christmas time. Yeah, it was December 15th. Um, called Sue, called the everyone that we knew, and Sue and Dennis and everyone came together and helped us get decorations, a tree, lights, um, some presents, and the church and the food pantry just, just came in and helped us and blessed us just to make us have a great Christmas for the kids, you know. They lost everything and helped them really have a good, good Christmas. I'm so blessed because of that. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, you can clap for that. Decorated the hotel room. Yes, like, we did. <laughs> I mean, we had lights. We had everything. I brought so much stuff in. It was just amazing. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Sue, we know um, just at this time of year with Thanksgiving and Christmas, Alpine comes out in force, and that's awesome. We need them to do that again. But how can people be involved for Thanksgiving and Christmas? And then there, there's a need that goes beyond just the, the holiday season. Maybe speak to that as well. Okay, well, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we ask, just stop at our table today and put your name down if you have any interest to help. It's not a commitment, but I'll call you and find out where you can fit for these holidays because there's a lot of need. And even if you can't come those days, there's things in the background you can do. On an ongoing basis, like Dave said, it's every Saturday, but we're here every Friday setting up. We're picking up food. We've got deliveries. We've got work. I need things translated in Spanish, computer work. I mean, there's tons of stuff. So stay-at-home moms, uh, wrap some Christmas gifts for me so we can find a place for anybody out there that has an interest. There is, there's not a lack of things to do because it's a very labor-intensive ministry. And so there's come and help during the Thanksgiving and Christmas, but there's also kids. I think we have 27. We've gotten, I mean, a lot of people from the last two services have come and taken those. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's the can. giving tree. What we do is we have the families, we have some eligibility requirements, because if we did all the kids in the pantry, oh, I, I totaled them up, it'd be like over 500. So I have to have some requirements, but we had, um, I forget how many this year. But what we do is we ask you guys to come adopt a child, and they give us a wish list of things they would like, and then you come pick a child, and you go out, and you do something for them. You're their Santa, and you bring back a gift or two. Some parents fill out things like socks and underwear, and we just ask you if they do that to put something fun in for the child, too. <laughs> I mean, it's heartbreaking what you it's see. It's Christmas, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen wishes that just are food, um, and, and really, it's, it's just, you know, so it's amazing what we can do for these people. So you have an opportunity to do that. We've got more tags out there, and there's a few more that aren't in yet, so we'll have more a little bit later. But if you can awesome. do that, that'd be great. So I'm going to ask, and I want to ask you the last question, but while I want the team that just helps out every week, like you're the consistent bunch, if you'd come up, we want to pray with you and over you, and we want the people to kind of see who that team is. Um, so if you'll come now, but while they're coming, if, if you just had more manpower, if, if more people would catch the heart of this thing and be involved, there's more. There's more. Here they're we coming. go. Here we go. They're coming slowly. Um, <laughs> What are some of the dreams you have, and, and sometimes people need to think outside of the box, Absolutely. what are some of the dreams you have about the pantry going forward? This is every Saturday. 
one of the things I would love to have is a, a team uh, for, so we can do, have a prayer team. We've done it periodically, but it's been hit or miss, where people are just here simply to offer to say prayers with people. It took people a little bit to get comfortable with that of our families, but once we started doing it, it was amazing the things that, just the power and simply praying with somebody and then people opening up and letting us know some needs they had that we could actually help them with or turn them to resources. So that's something that I look at as should be pretty simple to do, I hope. Um, and I've had a couple people come up and say that, but I would love to have that. I'd also love to be able to offer some programs because we've got people sitting out here for a half hour, sometimes an hour waiting to shop. And we might be able to offer some programs. And all of you guys have talents, whether it's in your job or just some gifts that you have, that we could maybe come up with a program. Um, English is a second language. Or somebody came up to me and said, hey, I can help people update their resumes. I mean, it's just amazing things that could make a huge difference in the lives of the people we serve that we take for granted, um, but it's huge to these people. And how many families each week would you say? Boy, when we were sitting here last year at this time, I think we had about 70 to 80 every week. Now we're at, uh, I'd say, average 110. Yesterday was 123 or four. So it's Isn't that amazing? amazing? Yeah. Yeah, huge. Fun to be part of. And, and can I just say something about the, yeah, go ahead. the help? I mean, the people that are on stage right now are people that they're either part of the leadership team or they are here at least once a week, sometimes twice, three times a week, doing things, whether it's here or at home or picking things up. And I just want to say to you guys, it is such a blessing to serve with these people, to be alongside of you. We get so much more back than we give. I can't explain it, but it is so true. So thank you, you guys. There's so many of others out there. But if there's any of you that are in the audience that have ever helped with the food pantry, can you guys stand too, just to be recognized? If you've because ever helped, just stand up. So Stay standing for me too. If you've ever helped at the food pantry so on Saturdays, stand up. Yeah, that's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. Stay standing for me. Stay standing for me. Free. I, I think we would love to say to all of you, and we would love to say to those of you standing here, thank you. Thank you for all the energy and all the effort. It doesn't go unnoticed, and I pray you don't become weary in doing good. Uh, I would encourage everybody to come at least once and hang out with the Friday team. This bunch of guys are a crazy bunch, and I have so much fun with them. Um, so just jump in if you can, but can we pray for them and pray for this ministry that through this holiday season we'll be able to just love people like Jesus did. So, God, we thank you so much for every person in this room, those who have experienced the food pantry and those who haven't, that, God, you'll just put it upon our heart. This is one of the, the most important things that we do as a church. And I know Jesus is at the center of your heart. Um, and so we just pray, God, that you would bring strength and encouragement to this team and fill them, God, with your Holy Spirit in a way that allows them to just continue to do what you've called them to do, um, that it's worth it that we heard stories and there are many more stories of the influence and impact that they're having. And pray, God, that you would raise up a team of people that would see the community in this and jump in and, and feel connection and feel a part of what you're doing. And God, we just pray for a great holiday season. But more than that, we pray that every Saturday would become a place where, where hope is growing because this food pantry is growing. And we'll give you the praise for that. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give them one more big hand say thank you?
God. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three, yet one. Truth and grace. Power and sacrifice. Conviction and peace. He is the creator of the universe. But I know him personally. Have you met him? He is vastly personal, a mysterious yet clear presence. A bridge, a connection, the Holy Spirit, God himself. Through him, our insignificance is transformed by significant love. Have you seen him? He is invisibly present. His work is evident, palpable. He reaches into our mortal world and embraces us, changes us. Have you heard him? He speaks truth, an intimate tension between the spiritual and physical, connecting creation with creator. Do you know him? Simply profound, vastly personal, invisibly present. Simply profound, vastly personable, and invisibly present. That's the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. We can't talk about hope, which we've been talking about for the past, well, maybe year, <laughs> without talking about the Holy Spirit. We can't talk about growing hope in our personal lives without talking about the Holy Spirit. We actually can't experience hope in our home and occupation and eternity without talking about the Holy Spirit. And yet, the Holy Spirit is an interesting one to talk about, isn't it? Because it feels weird. And it's a little unknown. And we say God, and when we say God, we are talking about God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And that's just like, I don't understand that. And we would say, well, that's good. Because if you could understand it, then maybe you would be God, and you're not. And so we just get to try to put our heads around this, don't we? But here's what we do. When we don't understand something, we shove it to the side, and we push it away. And what I would tell you is that would be a detriment to your relationship with Christ. As a matter of fact, to the degree that we experience the Holy Spirit in our life is the degree that hope grows in us and around us. So this is incredibly important, and yet we have kind of this sense of, man, I understand God the Father. That makes sense. I get Father. And I understand Jesus the Son, that he came to earth as God in flesh, and he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and he sits at the right hand. I understand that, but the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm a little bit 
And so we mention it, and people are just kind of like, oh, that's weird. And, and, and Francis Chan in his book, Forgotten God, said that the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes the stepchild of the Trinity, the forgotten one, if you will. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to lean in and have a conversation, and maybe by the end of this, we'll understand better who he is. That the Holy Spirit is not actually an it. Would you like to be called an it? No, I mean, when somebody calls you an it, that's just, that's offensive. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It just does different things, and it has this kind of power. No, 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 no. So we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. How do we interact with the Holy Spirit? So I want to share with you three things. I want to focus on the third thing the most, but I have to say a couple things before I say the last thing. And so would you let me say a few things before I say the last thing? Because I think it's incredibly important, and, and this is kind of how I roll. This is just, just the world in which I live in. I, there are some things that I think are important for us to understand, glasses that we have to put on before we can see the truth of what I think actually needs to sit in your heart today. And so this would be the first thing that we're going to talk about briefly, and it would be that the Holy Spirit is God's presence on this earth. That what I want you to grasp is that the Holy Spirit is God's presence on this earth. The second thing I would want you to know is that as a follower of Jesus, you cannot follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So it's really important for us to understand that if we've made a decision to follow Christ, we actually cannot do that without engaging the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the third thing that I want you to get, and this is the one we'll land on, and I hope that we're able to process this, is that the Holy Spirit is not a power to comprehend, but a person to befriend. Now, I made that rhyme. That was for you. It's easier to remember when it rhymes. So I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit is not a power to comprehend, though he is powerful. But he is a person to befriend. Now, my wife uh, is an amazing woman. I love, I love my wife. And you would expect me to, I know. And I do. I actually think I know her better than anybody in this room. And the reason that is is because I've spent 18 years getting to know her. Uh, we're going to be celebrating 18 years in December of marriage. Now, her mom might know her better than I do, but I feel like after 18 years, I know her well. If she were to call on the phone, I would know it's her. Some of you are going, that's because there's caller ID. No, let's put that aside. If, I were to, if she was to call and I was to pick up not knowing and I heard her, I know her voice. I know it's her. I know what she would say and what she wouldn't say. If you came to me and said, hey, your wife said this, I would be able to know if that was true or not because I know her. And I'd be able to say, you know what, that is not my wife. You're making that up. Try again. Or I would be able to say, man, that is exactly, like she says that to me all the time. She definitely said that. I know what she loves. I know how she likes to receive love. I know what makes her happy. I know her favorite things. I know things she doesn't like. I know her better than any of you. You're like, stop bragging. We don't care. <laughs> Here's the point. What if we would learn to know the Holy Spirit just like that? What would happen if you had a desire to know him the way he desires to know you? Because he's a person. And so we're going to dive in. I want you to grab your Bible. Stand up with me, if you will. I love this moment because I think the words of God are the most important words we share on a given day. When we dive into an Alex message last week on God's word was powerful. That it is not an object to consume, but an opportunity to relate to. The Bible is God's word. It's living. And so we're going to John chapter 14, verses 15, 16, and 17. And this is Jesus promising the Holy Spirit. 
He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That's, a, that's advocate. That's a, that's a helper, a friend who will never leave you. How many have had somebody leave you? Yep. In, in humanity, it's just the way it works sometimes. People leave. But he'll never leave you. He is, who is he? The Holy Spirit. Who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus promised to the disciples. You turn the page. You go to the right. Chapter 16. Same book. John, disciple of Jesus. Starting in verse 5, reading to 11. Jesus says, but now I'm going away to one to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. It feels like Jesus was just a little hurt. He's telling them that he's going to die, he's going to be raised from the dead, and he's going to sit at the right hand of the Father, and he's going to return someday. And so he's telling them this, and nobody's asking where he's going. Jesus said, instead you grieve because of what I've told you. Like you're more concerned that I told you I'm going than wondering about it. Where am I going? Here's what the disciples are thinking. You ever done this? Just kind of climb into what's going on and put yourself in that position. The disciples are going, well, first of all, we like that you're here. And the fact that you're going somewhere, we don't like that. Because they just want Jesus with them all the time, wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to wear the bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? But we just had Jesus with us and just look at him and say, what would you do here? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? I mean, I feel like life would be better. Some of you would actually argue with Jesus. You need to work on that. But most of us would go, that's great. If that's what you would do, that's what I'm doing. Because he's Jesus. And they're sitting there going, why would you, like, you need to be here. We're not going to make it unless you're here. And here's what he says, and I want you to get this. I'm expounding for our benefit. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. I know you can't imagine right now that there's something better than having me right here with you, but I'm telling you there's something better. It's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Then we go to Acts chapter 1. Verse 6, 7, and 8, and the disciples are on the hill with Jesus, and they're simply ready for Jesus to come and take over everything, destroy the enemies of God, and rule and reign, and they're going to do it with him. And so here's what they ask him. I love this. Verse 6 of Acts chapter 1. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But there is something for you to know. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So God, in this moment, strike away, strike down the fear we have of the Holy Spirit. And that we would begin to see that we need him in our lives. For those of us who have made a decision to follow you, he is in us to move and work and act on your behalf. 
that we actually have you with us because we have him. And I pray, God, that you would awaken our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you can be, be seated. So let me take a couple moments, if I can, and process those two things that, that I want you to, to have the filter of or to understand, because I think it's important for us to understand these two things before we can truly understand that he's not a power to comprehend, but a person to befriend. And so the first one is this idea that the Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. We need to understand this, uh, not in a way that freaks us out or scares us, but that we're incredibly comfortable with. So when we hear Holy Spirit, so many things come to mind. But one of the things we need to understand is the Holy Spirit is probably the least understood person of the Trinity. When we say God, anytime I say God, I mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. But in that are three distinct persons. And we need to understand that because there are times I talk to Jesus, and there's times I talk to the Holy Spirit, and there's times I talk to God as Father. And we need to dial into that to understand it. But the problem is, is we've got all these myths about the Holy Spirit circulating in our head. And so we've set the Holy Spirit aside because we don't understand. So among the myths and the mistaken concepts that are shared is the fact that he's been described as a force. May the force be with you. No, that is not it. You know, I've heard people do that. Like if you're talking about the Holy Spirit, just think of it as the force. Nope. Not a force. Or a ghost. Because he's called the Holy Ghost, and so we're like, is it like Casper? The friendly ghost? Is it like a weird ghost? Nope. Nope. Invisibly present, though. Not even a replacement for God. So here's the deal. Because those thoughts are so far from true about who the Holy Spirit is. Who? Who? The Holy Spirit is. And it's vital for the church, those of us who make who follow Jesus, it's vital for us to know the Holy Spirit. To know him. Like I know my wife. To know the Holy Spirit. It's vital for us to do that. It's vital for us to learn to relate to him. Let me ask you this question. Maybe this will help you because I kind of put you in my world. Let me get you back in your world. Who is the person in this world that you would say, you don't have to answer this, that you're the closest to? The person in this world that knows you best and you know best, and I asked this to a bunch of people this morning as we were standing here praying for you guys this morning, and most of them said their spouse. So if you're married, it's probably a spouse or a friend or a, and you know what it takes. And some of you would actually say, I could be closer. How many would say I could be closer? Like there's, there's probably more I could do in this relationship to be closer. Whatever it took for you to experience the closeness that you experience with the person you're the closest with is what you would do to become close to the Holy Spirit. And I would even say this to you, and I hope we hear my heart. I would say it is probably necessary that we be closer to the Holy Spirit than anybody else in our life. That as followers of Jesus, it is so important that we live in a relationship with the Holy Spirit who is a person to befriend. That's why he's here. And so it's important that we learn to relate to him and understand how he manifests himself or shows himself, how he shows up, so that we can say, that's the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example really fast of how that worked in my life. When we were asked to be pastors here at Alpine Chapel some six years ago, we said no. Just didn't think that was in the cards. And, and, I, and the pastors in my life were just didn't see that, wasn't in the plan. So no. And they asked again circumstances, and we said, sure, we'll pray about it. 
That's what you do, right? If you're a Christian, you pray about it. That's just a good way to stall so you can say no. <laughs> right? And so we got up one morning, and I said, God, if this, Natalie and I pray together, God, if this is what you want us to do, then you, then you have to, is it time? That was the question. You have to let us know if it's time. And I was in the car that day driving, and I missed a call from the pastor that I grew up with, my pastor back home. Uh, hadn't talked to him in over a year. Some of you have heard this story. And he leaves a voice message, and I'm listening, and here's exactly what he said. I saved it for such a long time. He said, hey, you and Natalie came to mind as I was praying. I don't know why, but the words, the time is right, just dropped in my heart. And I'm sharing them with you, and I don't know what they mean, but I love you. We'll talk to you later. And I'm just sitting there going, wow. So guess what we're doing? That was the Holy Spirit. That was God using another person. That's what he loves to do, to communicate the answer. That's just who he is and how important it is that we have a relationship. And so here's the tense moment, though, for us to understand when it comes to God, because God is both transcendent and God is eminent. Now, let me explain those terms. Transcendent means that God lives outside of time, that he lives outside of what he's created. He created time and space. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He is the beginning and the end. And so he is transcendent. He is outside of time. And so there are a lot of people that would like to say, well, God just is God outside of time, and he wants nothing to do with humanity. <clears throat> Wrong. He is also eminent, meaning close. He lives within creation and within time with his people to help them. One, learn who he is, and two, follow him. And so he is transcendent, and he is imminent, and there's a tension there. But it's important as followers of Jesus that we understand the imminence, that there is a, a desire for God to be close, and he has made a way for us to be close. And so that's why he says, promises, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And so it's this closeness that I think we need to understand most. And we experience the closeness through his Holy Spirit. Let me help you. God the Father, when you think about God the Father, God the Father is, is in, in his blazing, uncovered glory, doesn't pair well with human life as we experience it today. In his blazing, uncovered glory, he said to Moses, stand there, I'm going to cover you on the mountain with my hand as I pass by, because if you look upon my face, you will surely die. And then we sing worship songs about wanting to see his face. It's weird. <laughs> now, Jesus has definitely made a way, but let's not, let's not tempt. In his blazing, uncovered glory, the Father of all creation is on the throne. And Jesus comes as God in flesh, Emmanuel, and takes on bodily form in that limitation, dies on a cross, rises from the dead, and his blessed bodily form sits at the right hand of the Father where he intercedes on our behalf one day to return for his church. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus sent to be with us, who is unlimited in his ability to be close to all. And so it is the Holy Spirit that we have been given, which is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, to walk with us. Now, he gets to be close and intimate in a way that's distinct from the Father and the Son. And he may remain hidden and invisible, but it does not diminish his presence or power. He is invisibly present. It's just 
So the Spirit is the presence of God on earth. And as a follower of Jesus, you cannot make it as a follower of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. I hope we're getting this. I want you to get this. I'm still on these first two things. Is that all right? You cannot make it in this life as a follower of Jesus without a close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus modeled it. Let me give you a, a, a few ways in which that's true. Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit at his birth. Scriptures teach us the Holy Spirit was involved in the conception of Jesus. That's why Mary uh, was, Jesus was born of a virgin, because the Holy Spirit conceived. Holy Spirit, you with me? At Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit was also involved in Jesus' baptism. When John baptized him, the Holy Spirit descends in bodily form and identifies Jesus as Messiah. Luke chapter 3, verse 22. And then right from there, Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted. And who leads him into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit. Some of you, that will just blow your theology right there. In his public ministry, the public ministry of Jesus was performed through the power of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4, 14. Matter of fact, Jesus testified that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 21. Miracles. Jesus did a lot of miracles. And during his public ministry, he performed them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 12, 28, and then his resurrection. The Holy Spirit was also at work in the resurrection of Jesus, Romans 8, 11. And so it's the Holy Spirit that raises Christ from the dead. This is crazy. If we study scripture, we find the Holy Spirit played a vital role in the life and ministry of Jesus, be involved with him from his conception to his resurrection. So if Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit, Needed the Holy Spirit. What in the world are we doing trying to live this life without an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? And so listen to this. Here's the promise, Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same spirit at the birth, at the baptism, at the temptation, at the public miracles, at the public ministry, at the resurrection, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. When you step into a relationship with Jesus Christ because he died and rose again and sits at the right hand of God interceding for you, when you put your belief and faith and trust in God, guess what? The same spirit that lived in him lives in you. We're getting there. This is big. And it goes on to say, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. He tells it to you twice. If God speaks twice about something, you need to hear it. So he is not a power to comprehend. He is a person to befriend. And this is not about a religious formula where if you do this, this, and this, you get peace. Or if you do this, this, and this, you get power from God. If you do this, this, and this, you get this relationship. If you do this, this, and this, you get this. Man, that is so dumb. Because you know what that is? And let me just bring this home to you. We tend to put greater focus and passion and energy and love around what we get from people than necessarily the person who brings it. 
And we invest relationally in people oftentimes because of the good we feel from them instead of just the person whom they are. And I'm not saying that's all of us, but I'm saying what we tend to do is get more excited about the benefits that come from the friendship, trying to say that without saying friendship with benefits. So let's eliminate the tension. But not focusing on the benefits as much as the friendship. Same way with the Holy Spirit. We get so caught up in what God may do for us or bring to us that we forget that there is a person that just wants to know us. And so it's not a formula, but it is a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that he's after. And so before you believed, this is so good. i got to say this quick. Before you believed, the Holy Spirit was with you. Like God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And so the way in which we believe is that the Holy Spirit is with us, drawing us, opening our eyes to see God, to know God. If you're sitting here and saying, I don't believe anything, the Holy Spirit is walking with you right now going, just believe. It's not hard. It takes faith. But believe because it's true. Believe, 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 believe. And you're just going, nah, 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 nah. But he's with you. And there are every one of us in this room that have made a decision to follow Jesus, made that decision because the Holy Spirit was walking with us. And so we were drawn into it and we said, I believe. And in the moment we said, I believe, the Holy Spirit is in us. And when we say, I invited Jesus into my heart, we get confused. What we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, I submit to you as my Lord, my King, my Rabbi, my Teacher. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, I want to help you accomplish that. And then in Acts chapter 2, he pours out his spirit. And so every day we get to pray, fill me with your Holy Spirit, fill me. Let the power come upon me so that I can be your witness. You want to know how deeply we're filled is how deeply we witness. Because that's what he wanted you to know. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. I had somebody come forward in the last service and say, I, I can't tell you how fresh my relationship with Jesus is, and I'm telling people about Jesus all the time. The Holy Spirit's come upon you. And so he's with us, he's in us, and he's upon us. And what he does when he shows up is he teaches. Thank the Lord. Because we always say, man, I just I can't understand what I'm reading and write. But you let the Holy Spirit get a hold of those words and bring them to life in you, you'll start understanding. He's the teacher. He testifies. He guides. He speaks. He enlightens. He strives. He commands. He intercedes. He sends workers. He calls. He comforts. He works to make us more like Jesus so that people can know God and so that God can be glorified. Not you. Not me. And all of that can't be accomplished by mere influence or force. Only a rational, emotional, and active person could do what the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit does. And so the Holy Spirit is the presence of God on earth who longs to fill us and know us and be deeply known by us. Let me, let me say this, and I'm, I'm, this is my wrap-up. This is the piece I wanted you to really get. All that was a filter to really say, oh, the Holy Spirit's not that bad. And if I want to follow Jesus, I need him. You have him as a follower of Jesus, but you need to let him loose. You need to surrender every part of you and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come after it. Grab my hand and take me on a journey to the depths of my heart. And show me who I am. And let's get rid of the things that aren't really me, that the world has told me is me, but aren't me, and show me who I am. And he'll show you you're a child of God. That's the journey the Holy Spirit wants to take you on.
wants to make you into. But what you need to understand is there are voices in this world vying for you. There are voices speaking all the time. And every one of us are listening to a set of voices. And the Holy Spirit is the voice that we need to listen to. The voice. And yet there are a lot of other voices competing against the Holy Spirit because you have an enemy of your soul called the devil who wants to rip you. That's not spiritual speak. That's reality. And so, man, the voices that are trying to pull you down are greater often than the voice that's trying to lift you up. But the voice that is trying to lift you up is the voice that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and lives in you. And so what we have to do is learn to hear that voice. So what I want to do is give you five ways to know the Holy Spirit is speaking. Okay? And then we're going to go. Is that right? Here's the first one. Learning his voice. Because here's what's true. One more thing. It's always just one more thing. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. And so if you don't know the voice, are you the sheep? I'm not going to answer that for you. That's yours to answer. That's a question I battled. And I said, I want to learn that voice. So here it is. Five ways to know or recognize it's the Holy Spirit speaking. Number one, know his volume. Know his volume. Turn your world and life down. Turn it off. Mute it. Put it on vibrate. I don't care. But what you need to understand is he doesn't speak in the loud storm or the lightning or the crashing thunder or the earthquake. He comes in a gentle, quiet whisper, more often than not in the word. When Jesus was confronted with the storm, the disciples wake him up in the boat and they say, we're going to die, it's storming. Jesus walks up and he yells at the storm. No. He didn't yell at the storm and say, do you not know who I am? He just said, hey, it's me, peace be still. Didn't yell it, he just spoke to it. You want to learn to hear the Spirit's voice, you got to shut the noise out. Man, I get in the car and I crank my worship, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm just going to spend time with God. And the music's blaring because I love loud, so it's loud in here, and I'm just singing at the top of my lungs, and God's going, that's not what I want you to do. That's a great song. You should sing that song, but not right now. Turn it off and listen. Know the volume of the Holy Spirit's voice. It's a whisper. And it's going to require you in a busy world, and the enemy is using busy to keep us away from God. It's going to require you to turn it off. Listen. So know his volume. The second one, know his language. Know the language the Holy Spirit speaks. His language is the scriptures. The Bible is the spirit-inspired vocabulary God uses to speak to us. And all scripture is inspired by God. That's why Alex spoke about the Bible first. We need to understand that if we're going to learn to hear the voice of, of God's spirit, we need to know God's word. We need to realize that this right here is the vocabulary the Spirit of God will use in our life. And so we sit there saying, well, I don't know the Bible. Then it may be hard for you to know the Spirit's voice. You need to understand this. Become fluent in His Word, and you will more easily recognize His Spirit's voice. And remember, learning a new language takes time. So we ask the Holy Spirit to be our translator as we continue to grow in that fluency. And so we open and we say, God, show me something new and fresh. And He'll do it. And the more you hide his word in your heart, the more you will hear the voice of the Spirit when it comes time. Know his, vo know his volume, know his language, know his truth. 
the Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict God's word. So this is the language he speaks. And so what is in this is the truth. And when we know the truth, we know if it's the Spirit's voice or someone else's. Because, and I'll say it again, the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. I've had people say, you know, God told me, no, he didn't. How do you know? Because it doesn't match what it says in his word. He's told me that I need to sh- just shut them off and never talk to them. But he, asked, he said, love your enemies and pray for them. I'm not praying for them, but that's what he said. But he told me I didn't have to. Bull. You, you see what I'm saying? This is a conversation that I'm having with myself. We all should have this. I have a problem, or I had a problem. Some of you are like, I know. I had a problem, and my problem was a savior complex. Anybody else have a savior complex? I want to save everybody. I want, I want to fix everything. And so I get it, we get it. Here's what people who have a savior complex do. We think that there's something we're going to say. We're going to say the right thing. They'll produce the right response in you, that when we say it, you'll hear it, and you'll change. And if we say it right, then you'll hear it right. And if we don't say it right, you won't hear it right. And if we say it right, you'll change. And if we don't say it right, you won't change. And so, oh, we got to say it right. And so I get up here on Sunday morning, and I'm like, I'm trying to say this because I want you to hear it, and I have a savior complex, and I want you to change, and I want you to be better, and so I'm listening, and you're frowning, so I'm going to keep talking until you start smiling, and you're smiling, and now I'm moving on over here because I have just went, and somebody came up to me, and they said, you know what? It's not your job to change people. It's God's. Right? Yeah, clap now. Why didn't somebody tell me that a long time ago? Here's the deal. That is the Holy Spirit speaking. Why? Because I know when I read God's word, I don't change people. He does. He'll use the truth we share, but he's the one that changes. And man, to hear that, I could go, well, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. And I want to know that voice way more. I can be sure of that because he will never guide me to do or believe something contrary to God's written word. I'm amazed to hear how Christians are saying that certain things in our culture today are okay and there's nothing wrong when God's word says it different. So it can't be the Holy Spirit. Well, that tripped us up a bit. Know his volume, know his language, know his truth, know his sound. Tune your ear to recognize the sound of his voice. Recognizing the sound of someone's voice only comes with regular time together in conversation. When my wife calls me on the phone and I hear that voice, I know who it is. And I respond, hey, beautiful. Not all the time, but you get the point. I don't call people I don't recognize beautiful typically. I hear it. When I hear the Holy Spirit, I can say, yes, Lord. I hear his voice, and I know his voice. Why? Because I've spent time. I don't know my wife's voice unless I've spent time. I don't know what she loves unless I've spent time. I don't know what would be her and what wouldn't be her if I don't spend time. When we talk about learning the sound of the Spirit's voice, I'm not just talking about the way it sounds in my ear, but the way it sounds in my spirit. That feels like God because I know his word, and so it must be. That does not feel like God because I know his word. And, oh, that's how he speaks to me every time. And so when somebody said, hey, that you don't have to change the world God does, I go, yeah. That sounds just like God. You tracking with me? We know better the voice of the world, the voice of our flesh, and the voice of Satan better than we know the voice of God. Because we often follow those quicker. And so know his volume, know his language, know his truth, know his sound. And by the way, ask the Spirit to sharpen your hearing. 
so that you can recognize his voice and his words more clearly. But the last one is make sure it's God. <laughs> You're like, well, that's like a lack of faith. No, it's just smart. Because there's voices competing. And so you make sure, how do you know if the voice you're hearing is yours, someone else's, or the Holy Spirit's? How many of you have ever asked that? I'm going to help you process this really quick. Most messages we hear come either from the world, our flesh, or Satan himself. When it comes to the way Satan communicates, the Bible calls him the father of lies. It will always be a lie. And it won't be obvious. It'll be a twisting of the truth. When it comes to the world, and it's full of voices and opinions about how to live, choices to make, and how to be happy, God actually has a plan for that as well. But the world will try to give you its worldview, and we adopt it. The worldview of the world and the worldview of followers of Jesus do not match. And so those voices will compete. And when it comes to the flesh, it is the invisible, broken soul within all of us that has the innate nature to want to do wrong. And the Holy Spirit comes in and says, let me guide you on the path that is right. So God's spirit longs to give us discernment as to which words are true and which are partial truths and which are falsehoods. And so Paul helps us by saying, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Did you catch that? Walk by the spirit, have a relationship with the spirit, listen to the spirit, talk to the spirit, learn his voice, and you will not give in to the desires of the flesh or the world. And so here's a litmus test really fast. I'm going to ask the band to come out. Here's a litmus test to give yourself when you can't decide whose voice you're hearing. Give you just a few. There's a lot more, but here's a few. You ready? I don't know if you are. This is, this is awesome. Here it is. Is your first instinct to defend yourself or prove you're right? That's the flesh. That's the flesh. But I'm right. Doesn't matter. You ever want to fight in your relationship? You actually didn't win. Just didn't win. It's not, it's, not, it's not even the route. It's not the Holy Spirit. Are you looking down on someone or feeling disdain for another person? Oh, we do that, don't we? Those who aren't better than us, as good as us, do life the way we do it? Well, if it's yes, that's your flesh. It's your sin nature at work. The Holy Spirit is always love and wants to give you love for every person. And I know there's some hard things that we've all had to come against. And I know that there's relationship that's had to be separated because of deep hurt. I get that. And that happens. But your inability to forgive, no matter what they do or say, hurts you, not them. So the Holy Spirit's coming in and saying, let me teach you to love even them. Doesn't mean that you're going to be in relationship. It just means you love them. And how you think and how you pray changes. Are you struggling to apologize and admit that you're wrong? That too is your flesh because the Spirit's desire is for your pride to decrease and the humility of Christ to grow in its place. Are you envious of what someone else has, feeling you deserve the same thing? That's your flesh because the Holy Spirit never leads us or condones jealousy. Do you see the toddler version of yourself coming alive? I want what I want when I want it. That's the flesh. Because the Holy Spirit desires sacrifice for God that is also God-dependent, not sacrifice for self or glory. Are you ungrateful and discontent? If so, you're being led by your flesh. Ingratitude is never from the Holy Spirit. That's just a few. The ways that we can begin to determine, where's my heart? And do I know the voice of the Holy Spirit? And am I listening? Because he wants a relationship. How do I grow this ability to learn his voice? Stand with me.
how do I grow this ability to learn his volume? And how he speaks, learn his language. How do I learn this? You ready? It's big. So rock your world. Practice. Now I'd love to stand up here today and tell you that you don't have to spend any time with the Holy Spirit. He'll come and do all the work. And then you'll just reap all the benefit for doing absolutely nothing. How many of you know that it's usually the hard things that have the best results? It's usually the, the, the pain and the suffering that grows us the most. The same way you grow the relationship with the person you feel the closest to is the same way you'll grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he said that if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. That was the promise. And yes, yeah, salvation is free. You can't earn it. God gives it to you. But once you have it, we begin the work. The work of the Holy Spirit that wants to take all these God things and hold our hand and travel and take them all to our heart to change us from the inside out. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But we got to stop being afraid of him because you actually can't follow Jesus without him. And so how do we become closer to him than we are the closest person in our life? Well, we just simply open our hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Just come. I need you. I want you. I want to walk with you. I want you to walk with me. And I want to learn who you are. I want to love you as you love me. Help me be more like Jesus. That's the song we're going to sing. It's just a response. It's a prayer. And then I'm going to come up. We're going to close You can waste this time if you'd like. You can miss this moment if you'd like. Or we could say, no, God, I'm serious. I don't have a relationship with your spirit like I long for so I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill me. Flood the recesses of my heart. Take me on a journey to know you and to know who I am in Jesus so the world can know Jesus through me. That's our prayer tonight, God. Today. In your name we pray.